Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. Ahead in encore presentation of the Faith Middleton Fuchmoos. Hope you enjoy this second helping. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry with us. Oh, what a show we have. Oh, yeah. Here we go. (laughs) We have. It's time to start fantasizing and planning. So we're starting our best Thanksgiving recipes to assist you in making the holiday experience more pleasurable, less stressful. That's our goal. It's closer than you think. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're talking about... I look at the calendar and I'm like, oh, my God. It comes so quick. So we're not... This is just a planning session. This is just dreaming about what you might like to do. We know that you have your special things you like to do over and over and over again. We've got a couple of additions. We've got the recipes posted, but... We also have affordable, delicious wines to recommend for drinking now and at Thanksgiving because wine brokers Alex Province and Mark Raymond are on our team. We're testing out an original recipe, something I created with Chris Prosperi. It's called Mediterranean Mashed Potatoes. Oh, yeah. So yeah. good. And um, an easy pineapple salsa appetizer for Thanksgiving. And there's a reason for that. If you think cheese, cheese just seems nuts to me with the meal that you're facing. So this I'm going to give you, it's easy and it's really delicious. Oh, yeah. Pineapple salsa and shrimp wrapped up. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. One of our favorite cook book authors is with us on the show, Lucinda Scala Quinn. She has a new book, Mad Hungry Family. So let me welcome my treasured food buddies, senior contributors, Chris Brasberry, Alex Province, Mark Raymond. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hey, hey. this is fun. Okay. Can we start with a wine? This is a kind of wild thing to do. We all love to try new wines on the show. Mm -hmm. And I say to Alex Province and to Mark Raymond, you know, what have you got for this kind of occasion, for this kind of meal? Please make, in this case, please make this affordable in case people would like to choose this for Thanksgiving so that it goes with the variety of things on the table. It's easy drinking, and it's not crazy expensive. So if you've got a crowd of people coming, this is a good selection for you. Not on this show, but on the next show, we're going to be doing some wines to walk in the door with, the beautiful host gift wines that are going to come from Alex Province. Okay, Mark, Yeah. this is a wine from Chile, and yes. they are making some beautiful wines. It's from a winery called Santa Carolina, who looks like Carolina to us. Mm-hmm. Santa Carolina. This is their Pinot Noir. Wow. It's a Reserva, and you know what? It's around, what? what is it, 12 $12 a bottle. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. honestly, and there's... It's such a great I value. said to Mark, are you serious? You can yeah. buy a case. Is there yeah. a big quantity of this around? He <laughs> said, is. yes, there is. There right is. here in our region. This is perfect for the Thanksgiving table if you've got a crowd. Uh, seriously, $12. It's delicious. where you buy a case. You have it at Thanksgiving, and then if there's leftovers, this gets you through all the holiday gatherings. So here's the kind of Pinot Noir <laughs> that I like that comes through, where you have... 
a tiny bit of structure. I call that the plum feeling in the wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that joyousness, which I call the Bing Cherry feeling, yeah. which is in this wine. This is easy drinking, goes with a lot of food. It's great if you don't even have food and yeah. you're just standing yep. around sipping. I think this is terrific choice. Santa Carolina, Pinot Noir, just go to our website and we'll tell you what to say when you get to the wine store at the end of our conversation. Mark, tell me about this this winery and this wine. So Santa Carolina is one of the oldest wineries from Chile. They've been around since 1875, and they're actually the winery is actually in Santiago, Chile, in the city. They have vineyards in the city, wow. and uh, the winery has been around so long that they've uh, established it as a historic site. And so you can take wonderful tours. Can you guarantee there's nobody fooling around with this wine, putting junk in the wine? No, no, no. That's See, this is what's so great about South that. America, about yeah. other countries. Sometimes, mm-hmm. I have to say, in our country, we're putting junk in the wine yeah. to stretch it out, to create certain qualities, Especially and we don't want them point. in the human body. You know $12. what? Another cool thing with this winery is things are still hand-harvested there. Yeah. It's all estate-grown fruit. It's just back to the basics. It's, it's environmentally fine. clean there. Yeah. These this canyons is, are, like, pristine. Absolutely. Wow. This is like a find, yeah. I think. I saw I think, it when right? you poured it into the glass. I knew I was going to like it. It has <laughs> just that. Let's put some in the glass here. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, there we go. All right. Let me just give this a swirl just to release... Do you believe that, Mark, that mm. a little releasing of the aroma comes up into your nose? Mm. I like to it's clean bu- sort of bubble it or gurgle it on your palate a little mm, bit. I do, too. And let it that oxygen yeah. brings, makes the flavor go pop. So when I, I do that for my first couple sips. And after that, it's just mm. easy drinking. And right. speaking, speaking back to your point That's about good. swirling. I'm always putting my nose in the glass because I just think that that, that's just the way you introduce yourself to a wine. Mm -hmm. And it drives my wife crazy because even as I'm going through the glass and it's getting less and less in the glass, I just keep going back to it. I just, I love that. It keeps changing, right? Yeah. And your wife is like, just drink the wine. (laughs) So honestly, this isn't supposed to, but this this isn't supposed to happen with a $12 wine. I know, right? It doesn't look like a $12 wine. No. It doesn't. uh, I had a half of a glass. And I was just sniffing it just a little bit, and boom, it had yeah. opened. Yeah. And you think $12? Normally, a very fancy wine mm. would be, quote-unquote, opening. But something changed in my glass. At our website, foodschmooze.org, you can see a picture of the label. I encourage you to call ahead to your wine store to see if they have it on the shelf. And if they don't, just tell them what it is right off our website, Santa Carolina Pinot Noir. It's the Reserva, around $12 a bottle. You can't beat it. Perfect crowd wine for, I think, Thanksgiving. And we have to think about these kind of things. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So, And, you know, you do a case of this kind of stuff, and suddenly you've got case price on this. And it's even less than I mean, I would keep this in my pantry and have a bottle every night. I I intend to do that. It's It's so versatile. It goes with so many different things. And it came alive when we ate with it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, Here's the wacky thing. We had it with trout, as you're about to hear. I know. Trout with almonds, and it was fantastic. Really was. Really That's a good choice. <laughs> okay, and so um, on our website, you'll see that we say when you call the wine store that the distributor is Brescombe Barton, and Correct. they know what that means. They are, yeah. They're able to look it up and order it really fast. 
Okay, a little bit of talk about fantasizing about Thanksgiving. Truly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, in our last segment, you're going to hear Lucinda Scala Quinn, who's got the easy, easy turkey to do. No stress, no fuss, like no that. fanciness, no bribing. <laughs> it's yeah. just keep it simple. So she's going to talk about that, among other things. And I love that philosophy. Why are we stressing? We do. Yeah. And we should. Simple is better. Yeah. yeah, and then brining it and yeah. getting a bucket. And oh. Where do you keep it? And do you put a cooler and ice? Fryer. Are you smoking and one? Or are you oh deep frying God. one? <laughs> Let's know. cook it outside yeah, in then 12 and hours. And, and you're like, blah, blah, blah. what? Yeah, and plus you'll see in our recipe array as we start to put this together. Well, actually, we've got a lot of it put together. But you'll see that Ina Garten thing where you – it's the idea. gravy. You make it ahead. Mm-hmm. You make the whole turkey oh, ahead. Good. And it's the hot gravy at the oh, end yeah. that, that really warms the turkey and is all juicy with her gravy Mm. and so that you'll find that you'll find Chris Prosperi's mashed potatoes which Mm. are killer good which brings me to I'm getting warm inside just thinking about it we're going to do our mash our new mashed potato original recipe we're going to talk about that in just a second go ahead Alex if you go to our website and if you go to the top bar the search line and you just type in for example we were looking for your duck recipe that you did where you did the skin side down just type in duck and it's the first thing that comes up. So any of these recipes, they're so easy to find. So any of these recipes, you just, let's go to Robin, our senior producer. Robin, what word do we need to get all the recipes we're planning for for the holiday? Thanksgiving. That's it. Just type in the word Thanksgiving. Just the way you say it makes it feel warm and fuzzy. Ah. It does. I'm telling you. That's another word. Warm and fuzzy. Those are two words. There's a a lot of good recipes from over the years on there. I looked last night. Oh, yeah. We've got a huge kit. There's an Mm -hmm. arsenal of recipes. And the the videos are on Facebook of you making the gravy. Oh, yeah. Here's, Here's a new one. I got a philosophy about Thanksgiving and appetizers. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of us put out cheeses, and we've got recipes for different apps and all that. You have to put something out. Well, you have to put something. But, you know, I'm wondering if it's really making sense to put out something so rich before such a meal of richness. Makes oh, sense. Yeah. And so this year I'm going to do this. And this is a recipe that I love, and it's a pineapple salsa lettuce wrap that has chopped shrimp inside the lettuce cup and you put out a platter of these you know you can eat many of these and still sit down to thanksgiving making them ahead of time it's so easy you make it ahead that's 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 the thing about it so imagine this you're going to make a salsa of fresh pineapple you just chop up some fresh pineapple to do and get some chopped fresh cilantro Mm -hmm. some people hate cilantro so i suppose you could use parsley just leave it out Um, Fresh lime juice, Mm -hmm. some diced red pepper, a little bit of a diced jalapeno pepper. That's that's optional in Mm -hmm. case there are people you know you're going to serve who can't Mm -hmm. eat it if you you won't want the kids Mm -hmm. to be excluded. But I like it. A red onion Mm -hmm. that you dice up, a little bit of salt, and then shrimp. After you cook them, you just chop them up because you actually don't need a whole shrimp for every bite. You could, but you don't need to. I like the chopped up because it's part of the salsa then. Yeah. You Mm. all know how a salsa comes together. This is on our website, foodschmooze.org. 
In fact, the day before you're going to do oh your God, yes. Thanksgiving dinner, you mix all the ingredients together except the shrimp in a bowl. You taste it to think, do I want to add or anything? Then you cover the bowl with a piece of plastic wrap and store that salsa overnight. and The flavors all melt mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. You rinse some iceberg lettuce pieces. And, you know, Love many that. of them yeah. are in a cup shape. Yeah. And you dry them and keep them in a plastic bag in the fridge overnight. All done ahead of time. The work is done. Yeah. And then on the morning of the dinner, you just heat a pot of water, poach your shrimp for about a minute in that Mm, hot water, take it out, chop it, add it to the bowl in the refrigerator, and then just before serving, you take out those lettuce cups, you take out the salsa and the shrimp, you stir it up, and you put in each cup a dollop of the shrimp salsa. Perfect. Put it on a platter, and out it goes to people. And the colors, right? It's beautiful beautiful on a platter with the lettuce cups. The red, the green, the orange. It's just really fun. Can we call this stress-free Thanksgiving this year? Sure. All our recipes should be stress-free, and this (laughs) is the start. Because, again, make ahead. Yeah. Easy ingredients, yeah. very little labor, right? You got to chop some things. You do it the night before, no big deal. The longer this sits, actually, like you said, the flavors meld, it gets better. Yeah. Is it right? too early for a sparkling, like a Prosecco? And by uh, the way, yeah. you can do this salsa I just described. You can use it on anything. Mm-hmm. You can do it on chicken, on fish, as I do. You don't have to put it in lettuce cups. I was just trying to think of something really light. And so, to your point, yeah. Alex, I was thinking, you don't even have to change your wines. If you're going with the traditional Chardonnay or Sauvignon Riesling Blanc, or well, Sauvignon, Sauvignon Blanc, Blanc, they'll all right. fit with that. I they can will. guarantee you that mm-hmm. Sauvignon Blanc, which actually works with turkey, but for appetizer portions, Sauvignon Blanc is a great Refreshing, thing. Refreshing, yeah. We've got all kinds of wine recommendations mm-hmm. up there for you, whether it's the walking in the, in the door host gift and you want to be proud of that. We've got wines to drink throughout the meal, before, during, and after. <laughs> We've got everything for <laughs> and you. And this new one, which is our find. Yes, this Pinot Noir. Th- that's a good one. <laughs> that's our find of the year right there. Foodschmooze.org. It's all up there. Okay, coming up, we have Lucinda Scala Quinn, who was the food director for Martha Stewart and has stepped out in the years since on her own, and she is doing these cookbooks that are so good. She's a frequent guest on our show, and this is Mad Hungry Family. So if you've got a bunch of people coming over, even if it's not just your family, <laughs> you know, friends as family, this is how to whip together stuff in a really simple way. We're going to trout with almonds and how to do an easy turkey mm, that yeah. will take the stress right out of it. She's just like, don't sweat she's it, people. She's unbelievable. I know. Yeah. She's been doing for turkey Thanksgiving turkey for decades <laughs> for friends and family. So she knows how to do it. Yeah. She's whittled it down to the simplest. Yeah, exactly. And on the other side of this break, we're going to do a recipe that Chris and I have created together. I was dying to try Mediterranean mashed potatoes and so good we have done it and i think you would enjoy this and by the way if you're someone who doesn't have stuffing boy is this a substitute but even if you do have stuffing this is how to make mashed potatoes interesting let me tell you it's like loaded potatoes <laughs> with all those mediterranean flavors we're going to tell you how that works All right, more mouth-watering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back.
Oh, yeah, that mashed potato recipe <laughs> is coming your way. Mediterranean mashed potatoes. Here's the thing I want to say. We have a free podcast for you, meaning you'll never miss a drop of pleasure. You just sign up for it once at our site, and then we automatically send you this show, our show, every week, so you can listen on your schedule. You'll see it just popping up in your inbox. You click on it whether you're in the car like Chris Presbury does, like a lot of people do, like I do. Also discover our delicious curated food, wine, events, cocktail recommendations. We love talking with you. And so we hope you'll stop by the site often and say hi to us. We're always online at foodschmooze.org. Schmooze like school, S-C-H. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, Wine Brokers, Alex Province of Hartford, and Mark Raymond of Weathersfield, Mediterranean Mashed Potatoes. Chris, let's talk about how we did this. All right, wait. I hope you don't mind me reading this, but I'm going to read this. You ready? (laughs) No, I don't know what you're doing. Ding. The phone beeps. Picture Chris in his kitchen working. Wait a minute. Is this another email scandal? And I get, okay, (laughs) I'm having one of my invention things. Was sitting here thinking what potatoes I personally like with turkey. Ones with olive oil, butter, green onion, crispy prosciutto, and toasted pine nuts. It's wild, I know, but I think it could be good. <laughs> and there, and no, seriously, and that's how the idea starts. So I'm in my kitchen thinking, prosciutto and mashed potatoes. God, that sounds good. Yeah. And then I, right? And then it starts, and I text back, and she texts back, and then we come up with this great recipe. Yeah, we did. We had a good time going back and forth about that. And thank you for being so open to receiving my emails at, you know, 10, 11, and 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> but it's, it's you were in kitchen service? Uh, I was doing my work. I was, you know, doing other stuff. I throw that out there, and yeah. then we go back and forth, back and forth. Today on the show, all of us, Mm. Wade in. I'm talking about Robin, Alex, and Mark, and Chris, obviously. So we came up with this Mediterranean mashed potato recipe mm-hmm. that has, okay, help me on this, Chris, yep. Parmigiano-Reggiano, yep. olive oil, yep. and butter. Yeah, so we started with russet potatoes, right? And then we mashed them with sea salt, white pepper, olive oil, butter, and then we went back and forward with the addition of? Whether we should add just a touch, the teeniest touch of cream. And what would that do? And I'm saying, well, it doesn't feel so Mediterranean. Chris says, let me do it for you without. Okay. See the difference. I saw the difference, and the difference was texture. But you'll see the recipe at foodschmooze.org for Mediterranean mashed potatoes. Now, look, if you want to do it straight olive oil with no butter, you can do that. Totally. We like a little butter flavor in our mashed potatoes. So we have diced scallions, Parmigiano-Reggiano grated, prosciutto that you chop chop up up and then crisp up in in some olive oil with the scallions. Mm -hmm. And then you toss those all these things in at the end, stir, stir, stir. But here comes oh, yeah. the thing for texture: toasted pine nuts. And boy, do those you want to substitute crunch. another yeah. nut? Go ahead. Yeah. But I like the Mediterranean quality yeah. of them, and they add that crispy texture, that mouthfeel. You mix, 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 and there you go. You have Mediterranean mashed potatoes. Yeah, Ramen had mentioned. You know, pine nuts are so expensive. She's using. You're using what? Sunflower seeds, right? I almost always substitute sunflower seeds seeds for pine nuts. But if I'm having company, though, I will say I do splurge for company. Yeah. Slivered almonds work good, too. 
Slivered almonds, yeah. Same size, shape, That's true. Slivered almonds will work. I'm just trying to go straight Mediterranean. The best part for me was it was served on a plate with like a C for the cream, so I got to eat double the portions. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you like? Yeah, I liked liked it. When we were were making these mashed potatoes (laughs) before the show, and we were trying them all kinds of ways. We even put capers in them, and and we love them that way. However, we said no for Thanksgiving. No No capers for Thanksgiving. Good for a side dish with fish though or chicken really cool really good that way but anyway the recipe for our mediterranean mashed potatoes is at foodschmooze.org and they were beautiful too because the prosciutto's red the scallions are green so it's all mixed together it's visually much more interesting than just a blob of mashed potatoes it's like a little confetti in your potatoes so if if you go to foodschmooze.org and you type in search box thanksgiving you're going to go to the zillion recipes of all kinds plus we have wine, cocktails, and we have sparklers. We have every kind of thing up there posted for you. I think table settings to, even, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, you Alex, yeah. I think yeah. you did that. You know, the whole idea is to make this as stress-free as possible. We know that it's coming up soon, Thanksgiving, yeah. and we wanted to get you thinking about this as you're driving in the car or doing what you're doing, and sitting around, walking on the, the treadmill. And I'll throw this <laughs> out for the mashed potatoes. If you take these, make them the day before, put them in a pot. Pyrex baking dish, right. wrap them in plastic, probably 45 minutes before your bird is done, take it, throw it in the oven. Yeah. Will the nuts soften at all no. overnight in the Mm-mm. fridge? No. Do you put won't. a layer of cheese on top? Ooh. That's a great idea. <laughs> because Too much cheese. We had lettuce well, earlier. they're folded in already <laughs> yeah. into like, the boy, recipe, a li- but a little, yeah, a little on like top. That. Yeah. Oof, I crispy. like that. Let's talk for a second about whether you feel wed to the traditional things, the things you make every single year. The tradition in the food, not just the holiday itself, is very important to people. Certain guests that are repeating guests hope that you will make these certain things. Or do you like to toss in one new thing just to kind of shake it up, to change it up just a little bit? Some people don't even do turkey. One year in my family, Mm -hmm. we did the most outrageous thing, and we had lobsters. Huh. We just said, let's be yeah, quite I wild. That. I mean, I thought they were all going to pass out when I suggested but this. But it was good, wasn't it? Was it was so much fun. <laughs> so, I wouldn't mind. I would love to the, hear from people on Facebook, too, about yeah. that, right? That's what, a how good do question. They do it? Like freshen up Thanksgiving? Yeah, or do you keep it traditional? There's something to be said, like Faith said so about that. So what is your most traditional thing mm-hmm. at Thanksgiving? That's what we want to know on Facebook. And if you do something new each time, what are you thinking about? Do you change up the potatoes? Is it the Brussels sprouts, the green Salad. beans? Yeah, the salad. Is it the dessert that keeps changing? What's the kind of new world yeah, thing that you do? That. How about all of you here? Well, Alex? you start with what needs the most work, right? And that's often the turkey. Yeah. Because, you know, you look at the Chevy Chase turkey and you cut it and it's, you know, <laughs> just up. <laughs> poofs. So you work on improving those types of things, turkey. And then some things don't need improvement. A lot of the sides are perfect and you're right. always trying to recreate it. But right. There's better techniques of cooking turkey. There's better turkey. So what are you saying? Are you saying you stick with tradition? No, I'm always trying to get a juicier turkey. So whether it's using Uh, cheese. You stick with tradition, but you want to use newer techniques to make each thing the best version of itself. You got it. Improve every year. Okay, but you're traditional. Yes, Same Same stuff every time. And I'm trying to recreate my memories of these foods, too. It's how I remember people and... 
and things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you only have a lot of this stuff only once What's a year. What's your vegetable at Thanksgiving? Yeah. Green beans for sure, Brussels oh, yeah. sprouts, homemade okay. cranberries, you okay. know, all the Waldorf salads. Okay. Robin, what about you? Traditional or do you try and mix in a new thing? Both. We are very traditional. Steve's dad has been making our turkey forever, for years. For 20 years, I've been having Thanksgiving with their family, and Steve's dad makes the turkey. But last year, I visited my mom in Texas, and we ended up having a smoked turkey, Mm. like real deal Texas smoking. And I have a little smoker at home, so I was thinking about, we still have to have Steve's dad make the turkey because that's our tradition. But I would also like to smoke maybe a smaller turkey in our smoker mm-hmm. and recreate the Thanksgiving turkey I had wow. last year, which was one of the best I've ever had. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Because yep. the smoky flavor mm-hmm. adds so yes. much to a turkey. It, it is was so awesome. Good. Turkey is pretty neutral, I think. So, Smoking you know, it it's helps. fun to do it things. Does. Okay. And then your vegetables and all that stuff are all pretty traditional. Yep. Yeah. Sweet potatoes. Oh, yeah. Parsnips. Yeah. Sweet potatoes. We Well, I'm the only one who eats the sweet potatoes, so I actually just bake one for myself Uh um, in the oven. I top it with whatever I want. So marshmallows? Marshmallows, mm. yes. Chris Prosperi. I'm in a totally different category because I actually cooked Thanksgiving dinner for hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah. Because for the past, what, 19 years, I've been doing Thanksgiving to go. And that is a huge growing group of people <laughs> that actually get all Probably the stuff is, yeah. pre-made yeah. that they just have to take home. The turkey is raw and dressed, ready to go in the oven, and all the sides are ready to go in the oven. So we have this conversation <laughs> in our kitchen every year. Do we change the sides and the turkey or do we keep it the same? Because this is our family now that we're cooking for it. And they're expecting. uh, And they're expecting certain things because that's why they keep coming back. It's a lot of pilgrims, Chris. It's a lot of pilgrims. (laughs) So so we keep the turkey the same. We stuff the cavity with lemons and limes and fresh herbs and we... Dressing on the side. Yeah, dressing on the side. Traditional? We do a cranberry stuffing. Okay. It's got cranberries in the stuffing. So that's pretty neat and different, and we've been doing that for years. But, you know, every year we try to change one thing, and it varies every year. Last year we added bacon uh, Brussels sprouts. This year we're actually, for the first time, we're changing the stuffing. We're not going to do a cranberry (gasps) stuffing. We're doing a sausage stuffing. And this year we're adding a gluten-free stuffing. Nice. Because we don't think the people that, you know, can't eat gluten, that they should not have the stuffing. Because for years they've just been saying, I can't have the stuffing. You're just not going to taste the difference. Yeah. All right. We want to know on Facebook from you as you're listening, please join the conversation with us and tell us, what do you go traditional with? And what's new world? Do you try to add in one new thing? Faith Middleton food schmooze on Facebook. Mark Raymond. So we always start with butternut squash bisque that I make. Oh, and yeah. It's demanded. Mm. I tried to not make it one year and I almost had a revolt in my See? family. And mm. on the Raymond side of the family, we're probably around 28 people. Ooh. So we're more than one turkey. So whenever we do it at our house, we alternate years. Mary likes to mix up and do one turkey, traditional, brine it, salt and pepper, and then she'll take one and she'll put prosciutto and sage and butter under the skin. And then a couple of years ago, I did do a smoked turkey because we have a smoker. And I'll tell you what, Robin, that was the hit of the party. Mm -hmm. My cousin took every morsel of meat by hand (laughs) off of the bones, just... Are you going to do it again? Are you going to smoke again? Or whose turn is it? It's my cousin's turn at his house. Can you bring the smoker over? I can. There you go. And 
they and everybody loves it. But there's a few traditional people in the family that we mm-hmm. just want the regular turkey. The new thing that was kind of thrown into us last year, apparently one of my nephews really just doesn't like turkey, and he's been eating it for all these years. So my cousin brought a steak for her son last year, and I had to fire up my grill, and she cooked him a ribeye. And so oh, wow, that, that kind of really good that was like yeah. the that, I'll tell you what that was a buzz around the, uh, the Thanksgiving dinner table. Everybody wanted the steak. And you're like, who's this spoiled guy over here just getting the steak? I want a steak I want too. A ribeye. Big fat ribeye sounds so good to was me. Was it Matt? Sounds <laughs> <No>. <laughs> really good. Uh, well, so. it, in our house, I usually I'm going to join my family at the Cape. My family lives in Chatham. And it's very Thanksgiving-ish around that territory. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, the house smells great. And we start with the whole Italian service first, meaning the homemade ravioli from scratch, Ooh. using uh, Grandma Pinto's recipe, and on and on it goes. And then when that gets cleared away after that whole meal with sausage and brujol oh. and meatballs, then comes the traditional turkey, though, with an Italian stuffing mm. and a gravy. We fight over how the gravy is going to be made every year. But what gets <laughs> changed up at our house is dessert. My ah. sister's in charge of that. We have a diabetic person, so there's always a dessert on the table, which is sugar-free. Mm. We've got a gluten-free eater, so we have a dessert on the table that is gluten-free. And then we have the whole rest of the stuff, and that's what changes. And yeah. so we sometimes dip into Ina Garten, sure. and sometimes we get you know, traditional pies. Yeah. You, you just never – my oh, sister yeah. makes Buffet. a nice box cake with whipped cream oh, yeah. every mm. year. And, Don't uh, you keep, so like, um, mayonnaise at the table? Well, <laughs> so yeah. I, you know, I, I ask my family, <laughs> do they mind if I keep a jar of mayonnaise and Pepperidge Farm bread oh, right there. to put the <laughs> stuffing on oh. – with my turkey Table and side. eat it Ooh. as a sandwich instead of in nice. the traditional way. Wow. See, now it. that to me, that's second I put course. The, I put the mayonnaise in a beautiful little dish and I, so no one objects. <laughs> does you know, every, does really anyone fun. else join in? No, no but they the do one? look a little <laughs> envious <laughs> as I... <laughs> I was envisioning the jar of mayonnaise under the under the seat under your chair. All right, here's here's our thing. Here, oh my god, I love you people. Honestly, I just love you to death. So, so does anybody else do the the second part of the oh, yeah. Thanksgiving dinner where? Later on in the evening, you make sandwiches oh my God. with yes. American cheese the and the hard night. rolls. And no. Oh, American cheese. Where did oh, that yeah. come from? What? Really? Know. Where we does have... that go? On the turkey? No. What we do is we take all the leftovers later yeah. and we start making sandwiches at about yeah. 7, oh, 8 yeah. o'clock at night. Oh, with, of course. With the, with yeah. With all like the, the pickle relish, we right? Eat it too. No, no. We do, it's poppy seed rolls, sure. right? Somebody has to bring those. And then there's American cheese, turkey. Sometimes oh. there's provolone. Yeah. There's mayonnaise. Some people want mustard. Mustard, yeah. and you know oh, sandwiches yeah. get made. Some people are throwing stuffing and cranberry. This on is the them. same night, though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The same day. Later. Yeah. Oh, this is uh, after dessert. This I is mean, <laughs> this is after dessert. We go, we sit down. We start playing setback for about an hour, <laughs> maybe two. Football. 
And some, and some people have I'm passed out on the couch. What time does everyone eat? <laughs> we That's eat a big thing at, with us. We eat at, my sister says every year, 1 o'clock. And you so say we at sit one. down at 3. Yeah. <laughs> and you? 1 o'clock, so we say. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's always, oh, let's eat early this year. Let's eat at 2. And it's always 5 or 6. <laughs> Good intentions, Robin. And, and everybody's always on time, right? <laughs> yeah, and drinking while same you're waiting thing. for the jello to set. Yeah, this is true right. everywhere. You find out at 2.30 that the turkey's still <laughs> Everybody has stories. Wait, didn't oh, yeah. you have one stolen out of the garage? Out of the garage, yep. We had one stolen by something. By out a of the fox gar- or yeah, something? Yeah, something out of the garage. We found bits of it hanging out in the backyard. That was we ate oh. the raw turkey without knowing it because it was covered with oh, you had bourbon. And we know we were drinking some kind of German whiskey to see if that would you know save us from the emergency room. Antidote to salmonella. It was. That's what we, we reasoned. Oh, my God. Um, okay, then we had to lie down. All right. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers for on-demand podcast delivery of the Food Schmooze Party every week and to find terrific food, wine, cocktail, restaurant, hot topics, short fun, streaming videos, and recipes we feature. We're always online talking with you at foodschmooze.org. Please continue the conversation about Thanksgiving tradition versus going modern at Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, and we'll be right back with Turkey. Stay with us. is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island. That includes the Hamptons, of course. The senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken. To hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Remember the podcast. We send the show to you so that you can listen anytime you want on your schedule. That podcast and our curated recommendations, podcast sign-up, I should say, are always online at foodschmooze.org. Of course, we're on Facebook, Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I've been waiting for this through the show, as you know, as I've been promoting this, because this is a guest we love, right, to have oh, back on the show, <laughs> Lucinda Scala Quinn. She is just so wonderful, so knowledgeable about food, has terrific recipes, did so much for Martha Stewart, and is the person behind a lot of well-known people and, and has stepped out into the spotlight on her own, and I couldn't be happier about that. The book we want to talk about is called, she does this series, Mad Hungry. This is Mad Hungry Family. How do we get family or a small group of people on a weeknight over or a weekend? How do we throw a meal together without a crazy amount of work? That's what we all want right now. Totally. So, Lucinda, have I summed it up? Welcome to the Fooch Moose again, I should oh say. Oh, my gosh. You guys make me feel so good, and I'm so happy to be here again with you and the gang, Faith. Thanks, Lucinda. And I love that you are sympathetic with the mission, which is basically, you know, how do you get the 
gang around the table, I think a big thing is you decide it's important to you. I mean, that's just the first thing. You've got to decide it's important to you, and you've got to go in for the long haul. And I feel like cooking at home for a family could seem like you're absolutely tied down and it's awful unless you switch your focus and you think of it as a lens through which to connect with the world and understand the world and have those in your family do so too. This book has lots of great recipes that you know just are so easy to pull off, big flavor, low fuss, but it really addresses the why. And in a sea of cookbooks, I felt it was really important to really say, like, why would you do this? And at this point, I've raised three sons, all different kinds of guys. They all can cook for themselves. <laughs> They're self-reliant. Yeah. And that was my goal. So I kind of feel like I have proof of concept. Yeah, right. you're, you're, right. you know? you're your own little focus group there. <laughs> yeah, Mark there Raymond, go. I want to pull you in on this because let's talk family dining. Oh, that's <laughs> – I mean I, I get this whole idea. I mean that's big for us. We've got a 15 and a 12-year-old and that's our time where we get to actually kind of get in each other's lives and figure out what's going on and what's happening. If there's any issues that need to be dealt with, it's mm-hmm. just the perfect time at that age it can be such a fraught age and they might not want to talk to you but they're going to want to eat and they'll talk to you about that and then next thing you know the conversation busts open at the dinner table absolutely oh, and there's always that, that there's always that you can tell the day by when they sit down and they they're really trying to get through that meal quick and so they can get back to <laughs> homework or whatever else they want to do and you know you just kind of find ways to put a couple other things in front of them and keep them engaged yep. and just find ways to open up food so, is definitely that venue. So before we get to the dish we just made on the show that we loved, and by we, I mean Chris Brown <laughs> made it for us. We ate it. We <laughs> ate it, and it loved it, Lucinda. It was your trout with almonds. It's so easy, and we're on the show. We are huge fans of trout. It's mm-hmm. an inexpensive fish. It's delicious. And uh, as long as you know where your farm-raised trout is coming from, or maybe you know somebody who catches it, so, so easy. Ask for this at your fish market. You'll just be stunned that it's not $20 a pound. Yeah, and, and the other thing is is that generally the farm-raised trout, their practices of sustainability are some of the best. And I think of it as like a gateway fish. You know, in many cultures we're used to fish and many we're not. And every single fish recipe in this book is all about engaging the non-fish eater. Hence, with this, you know, using some brown butter that's nutty, using toasted almonds, right. and, and really getting that sort of crunchy, yummy, savory flavor. And then I always put a little milk on the trout before I do oh. anything else, because any tendency towards, in quotes, fishiness that somebody might be adverse to, that takes the edge off of it. And that's the whole reason yeah. I do it. Isn't ah, that, it's one of those, it's, it's like a chef trick, yeah. where you do yeah. a particular thing, because it really does taste neutral, and then you put this yummy sauce sauce on it yeah, with beautiful exactly. texture in the almonds. Chris, you made this for and, us. Yeah, but it's almost too easy. I was just I, was, I kept looking at it going, there's got to be more to this somewhere. Where's the, so where's, the where's the, where's the... How it so came good, together. Go. Yeah, you just, you take the trout and you put in two little bowls, milk in one, and then the flour and the seasoning that goes in the flour, which is a little cayenne and salt, in another bowl. And then you go from the milk to the flour and then into the pan. Okay, and a little bit of olive oil in and the butter, pan, yeah. and a little, and a little bit of butter for flavoring, <laughs> yeah. though. And so Sierra in it crispy. goes, and this is a Sierra crispy. It's got yeah. the flour coating, yeah. or you can use and whatever. Skin side down, right? Well, it doesn't matter. You do that first, and then the other side, and then a little bit of garlic goes in there too to flavor the butter and oil. And what but we not want minced, is just not whole, minced, yeah, so whole that it crushed. just a little kiss of flavor. Yeah. 
Yes. So, so the more you chop up garlic, the more pieces you put it in, the more flavor it's going to release. Mm. So here Lucinda is calling for a bunch of whole cloves yeah. that flavor it gently. And then and you so, remove them. Right, and, and so you you're take not them eating out. the garlic, mm-hmm. but you have that hint of garlic in that butter that I pour right over the trout. Top it with the almonds, and oh my God, it is perfect. Oh, so, as yeah, one so of my simple, so my delicious. friends, who's a mother, says to her kids, who just declared one day out of the blue, "We don't eat fish." She <laughs> she calls this chicken of the sea. Yeah. So you're all set with that. That would be my advice and we ate the skin too. I noticed everybody oh, ate the yeah. skin. A lot That's of people the best don't eat the skin. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's because you don't even you, know it's there. You crisped it up for us. Yeah, that was that very nice. The so I feel like the older I get, the simpler I want to be. And it's really just about those techniques, right? Where mm-hmm. you take a little edge off with this, kiss it with the garlic without too much garlic. You just employ a few little techniques and then you can do less. And that's the whole point of all the recipes in this book is big flavor, less fuss. Here's the thing that I wanted to get to before we do your version of turkey, which is the simplest version. And I <laughs> love that because there's so much going on at Thanksgiving or whenever you use a turkey for a party spread. You want to keep it simple. What's the point of being nuts about the oh. turkey? It's <laughs> kind of a neutral item anyway. But first, I'm very interested in this recipe for the fried pasta snack. Talk about simple. You know, being Italian, there's always a pasta, you know, one, two, three nights of pasta a week. It's either on the side, it's in the main event. I like that. For sure. um, Early on, one of the quickest things that I could do was take the leftover spaghetti, let's say, with a little bit of sauce, sort of tamp it down in olive oil in the cast iron pan, not too high so you don't burn it, and then just cook it long enough so you get like that crust on the – think of like the crusty edge of lasagna, that little edge that's there. The whole thing's like that. And then – I flip it over and it just is literally like a pancake and I cut out a wedge and serve it with grated Parmesan and I'll peel a carrot or a cucumber. And that was my in a hurry, super fast meal for the family. It still is or snack. And it's the thing that is like, again, it's two ingredients. It's such a (laughs) – my family goes insane for that. Really? Still, huh? Oh, my gosh. And and you're repurposing a a leftover, which people have a hard time with these days, right? People that I talk to always have a hard time. What do I do with the leftovers? Well, you know, with my brood and group of people eating in my apartment, I don't ever have leftovers. And if I do, I'm delighted, and I usually just fry an egg on top of it. Um, However, you know, this dish I have to actually make so that I can do this. It's just one of those ahas when you first eat it and you think – why the heck didn't I do this before? Pull those little tricks out of your back pocket, and that's what makes the difference. And uh-huh. that's what helps people have confidence. If you're that little voice in their shoulder just saying, hey, come on, you, you can do it. Here's how. And, and it's not hard, and it's easy. You know? yeah, that's and the, exactly and, what we love about you, that you value that. Lucinda Scala-Quinn, she also values flavor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she wants your <laughs> yes. stuff to be delicious. Lucinda Scala-Quinn, and she's author of this new book, Mad Hungry Family, 120 Recipes to feed the whole crew, whether it's family, friends, whatever it might be. In our family, by the way, there is a recipe called Stupid Chicken, and my (laughs) sister makes it. And when our dear family friends from Italy, where they're these big fancy fashion guys, when we went to see them, they said to my sister, please 
can we just have stupid chicken? So I think <laughs> yeah. your fried pasta snack is always going to be that for your kids, I bet. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's go to your straight talk turkey. This serves 10 to 12 with leftovers. You don't brine. You don't babysit. Yeah, I was going to say, no. where's the five-gallon bucket and the cooler and yeah, the and liquid the deep, deep going all and the and deep the... fryer and the 10 pounds of peanut oil? And... The injector. Yeah. yeah, the injector. That looks <laughs> <Okay>. scary. <laughs> that is here's, scary. Here's where the straight talk comes in. So for 30 years, I've been cooking Thanksgiving at home. And for half that time, every year when I was the food director for Martha Stewart, we had to come up with new ways to do turkey. And that meant you were cooking 10, 12, 14 just to figure out which way to have it. So I think it's fair to say that I've probably made and eaten as many turkeys as anybody could really do. Again, in keeping with the thought of getting older and wiser, I thought, my goodness, everything is on that plate. What, you have like eight or nine flavors on that plate. Why does each thing have to be so complicated? When you put it all together, it's like a happy party anyway, even if you do nothing to it. And Mm -hmm. I also found that people... It didn't matter whether it was a cook in the kitchen, in the test kitchen, it was my friend, my mother. Anybody comes around again once a year and they're kind of like, oh, wait, what's the temperature? What do I do? How big is it? And then it's kind of like, oh, we're supposed to brine, we're supposed to fry, we're supposed to dry salt. Experimentation is great if you're into it. But if you're like most people, which is how the heck do I pull this meal off? Mm. My advice to you is just like calm the heck down. Just get yourself a bird. And then – You either stuff it or you don't stuff it. I always say, like, why else is that big empty space there but to have a buttery, salty, savory, gooey stuffing situation in there? I mean, come on. It's, like, made for it. Uh And as long as you cook it properly and you check the temperature, all the people that are scared of stuffing in their turkey, I just encourage you to rehab that idea. I think you'll be fine. Yeah. You will be fine. Yeah. yeah. But can I say... If you do the stuffing outside the turkey, that's your privilege and pleasure. You say to stuff the cavity with an orange, lemon, onion, garlic, and a few herbs, and then tie those legs up, put it in the roasting pan. You can rub the skin with some oil, season with a little salt and pepper, and you're done. And that inside cavity, those citrus flavors Mm. are going to infuse the meat, aren't they? Yes, and sometimes the bird cooks quicker. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll even just put some stuffing in the neck, you know, because that's a nice little pocket up there in the neck. And then I'll leave the cavity empty. It depends on time. And in this book, I say, here's what you do if it's stuffed. Here's what you do if it's unstuffed. Here's what you do for a 12-pound bird. Here's what you do for a 20-pound bird. Because it really boils down to cooking temperature, cooking time. But, Faith, more to the point, I, I try to tell people the, the things they really should do, like make sure that they have a pan Make sure that their oven is clean. Make sure that they have a thermometer, an instant read thermometer, which will help enormously. Mm. few little things to prepare yourself. And then the last but not least is what I call bumper cars. Because no matter how big or how small your feast is, you're still trying to pull off like, what, five, six, seven dishes and a pie. And most of us only have one oven. So the strategy of how to deal with that is there, too. That's great. Mad Hungry Family, the author and um, a frequent guest, I should say, on the Food Schmooze Party, Lucinda Scala Quinn, 120 recipes in this book. And we have that uh, turkey 
recipe up on our site, foodschmooze.org, where we talk about the book. We have the trout with almonds recipe that we just enjoyed. Thank you, Chris. Mm. And thank you, Lucinda. It was delicious. And that's also at our site, foodschmooze, spelled like school, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. .org. And quickly, I wanted to get to buttery spiced poached pears. For people yep. who feel at the end of a Thanksgiving meal, I quit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I just can't do anything else. And in our family, we, that means we all as a group, whoever's at the table, we go for a walk. Provided people can walk, but we go for a, <laughs> a walk, roll, roll. and then yes, we roll down the street together, and then we come back in, and a dessert comes out. But no matter what, if you want something very, very simple, or for any party you do, dinner party, this is so easy: buttery spiced poached pears. I love pears. Yeah, oh God, this time of year, they're so good. It's fall, and, and you know the thing is, I mean, this is really you're putting a little bit of a liquid together. You're peeling your pears, you're sticking them in the liquid, you're cooking 8 to 10 minutes. And then what I love is just to whisk a little bit of Greek yogurt with honey and dollop that on top. And it's it's sweet, it's savory, it's salty. It, it's all the things that you want. And it's so darn simple. And I'm with you. You know, I have a difficulty sometimes at home. Like after a huge meal, it's like, okay, where's dessert? I'm like, could we just take a breather here, please, people? How about a little nap? Um, yeah. And the other great thing about this recipe is you can pretty much do it any time of day. It's a lovely brunch dish. It's a lovely dessert mm. dish. I'm all about multi-use, multi-purpose, just trying to make it easier for us home cooks to really be able to get in there and, and enjoy it, Faith. I mean, really, that's what it's about in the end of the day. You know, when anything is happening for me, whether it's birthday, funeral, every single day, doesn't matter. When I step in that kitchen and just start chopping the onion, I just feel connected and rooted and like I'm in a safe haven. Well, yeah. in this book, uh, meat section, chicken, eggs all day, seafood, what should be in your pantry, vegetables, killer salads, holiday meal circuit, as we've discussed, and speed scratch sweets, just <laughs> like the one. By the way, the buttery spice poached pears at our website with information yeah. about this book at foodschmooze.org and lots and lots of other recipes, too. Our guest, just lover, Lucinda Scala Quinn, and her book is called Mad Hungry Family. Thank you so much, Lucinda, as always. Oh, Faith, Chris, Robin, Alex, it's my pleasure and privilege to be with you guys again. Have a great holiday. You hey, too. Yeah. Take care. We are on WNPR Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon, and weekdays. Listen for my 60-second food schmoozes. You know what we say, never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. Everybody eats when they come to mind. Hey, don't want the party to end? Well, neither do we. Talk with us anytime online at foodschmooze.org.